His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Wow. Good work, Tony. It, it is what the Lord's been saying. He's been saying it's a move of God. It's a move of God because he's dealing with our minds. So the will, And I, I don't know if it's because there's been so much media and so we've been so bombarded with thoughts that are negative. But God is moving in the body of Christ and teaching us about how we think. And, and this was um, a really good one for me. First of all, if you've got an issue that you got in your life, find a scripture that is the answer to that. Okay, so find a scripture that's an answer to something you're worried about or something. Find a scripture, and then it takes two and a half months to change your mind in how you think. Two and a half months to change it. Because you have DNA inside of you that says, okay, like Tony was saying, Tony's going, yeah, God, God um, is good for me, I'm favored. But your mind back here is going, but not really. Bad things always happen to me, okay? And honestly, I believe we can all relate in ways to something like that, okay? Something like that. It takes two and a half months to have the DNA. It literally changes your DNA. Um, And if you are interested, it's Carolyn Leaf, and she has the same thing, but she goes into the scientific uh, study of what changes in your body when you start thinking differently. And every bit of it's scripture. Two and a half months to change a mindset. Say that you always have dealt with rejection. And you're going, oh, I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of dealing with rejection. I'm not rejected. I'm not rejected. I'm not going to deal with rejection anymore. And yet, situations that come up, and they always will. And you'll see them that way. And the next thing you know, you're dealing with it again. And you're going... No, I'm not doing that. It's because that mindset inside of you, that DNA is still there. And God wants to heal it. And I believe he's healing our minds. And it's going to be through the word of God. But you find a scripture that says, one, I've been accepted by the beloved and I'm perfect in his sight. That's a good one. I am perfect. Now that one I did for a long time and it broke condemnation off me. It did. I stopped condemning myself. But, but that old DNA wants to go back to those places. And the enemy knows the old thoughts and goes for those until they change. So I believe this is part of the move of God. I really do. I just think there's a flow of the Holy Spirit over our minds. And uh, thank you, Tony. I just think we're going to continue to hear that. Who are you? You're a son and daughter. You're bold. You're favored. And, um, you know, we're going to hear that. The other thing, too, I wanted to just give you a heads up to be praying. We have two things that we'd like to do around Easter time. We're praying about doing a Passover and possibly doing it at Trent's Trent's barn. And we haven't talked totally to Lonnie yet, but to see if maybe he would come on a Friday night and just have a big family gathering and have a Passover. We haven't had one in a while, and we just love those, and that would be really fun. Anyway. And then um, the other thing was on Sunday morning, we're going to have an Easter program, but this is what we're going to do. I think, I think different ones are going to help, but we're going to have some kind of uh, design, set design where we're making a package that we're giving to Jesus because he gave to us. And so I'm just going to tell you right now 
that uh, the School of Ministry is already praying about gifts to give things. But I'm just going to tell you it's open to the whole Congress congregation Lonnie I do hope you'll bring a song but I mean and I would like (laughs) I was like Zach to do one too but you know honestly we're going to give a gift to him the program's going to be what we're offering to him and so I'm I'm excited about that and so I would just ask you to be praying and say Lord what do you want me to do what do you have for me and so that was just a couple um, side notes that of things that we've been thinking about and So, Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for the word that came uh, through Tony. Thank you for the word of God that is coming to all of us. And, Lord, we just thank you that we're rich in you. We're rich in you. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you. I've been doing a lot of uh, studying. I'm I'm doing um, classes with uh, Bethel leadership, and then Ron and I are meeting regularly now with Bethel leaders too. Um, we've had several hours just this week where we've been able to talk, and 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 uh, they had pastors with churches uh, around our size or or a little bit bigger. There was some. Anyway, and so these, they had these pastors talking about their needs, and it, it, it could have been uh, our, it could have been us, but I thought, no, some of them were wanting to learn how to be family. That was what the, the churches were saying. We said, we're so transient. We want to learn how to be family because family is revival. And, the, and then um, several others were saying things like, how do you get people to come regularly? You know, they say they're, you know, this guy was older and he's going, we're trying to raise up leadership, but nobody comes, but maybe once a month. And he said, you know, we want them busy in the community, but we want to have, and then, of course, Steve Backlund was the one speaking to it, and he was going, but it still comes back to family. You come out from family. You're not out there and come in occasionally to family. That it, God never intended it that way. That's why I said, as he's coming, get together even all the more as you see the day approaching. Why? Because we need one another. And the move of God is a connected thing. It always will be. So one of the uh, teachings, and it's just for all of you, most of you older ones, this is going to be just talking to the choir. It's something that we live but it was on covenant. And I thought, isn't it funny that they're teaching covenant to a new generation? They're teaching covenant to ones that have never understood it. What is covenant? It's an offering of yourself for the one who responds to the offering. It's an offering of yourself to someone or some situation where they're going to respond back. For instance, a guy offers himself to uh, um, his girlfriend, his lover, whatever, will you marry me? He's offering covenant. He's offering a permanent gift. I'm going to give myself to you. Will you take me? And then when she says yes, I'll marry you. I'll take you. That's what the ring's about. It's covenant. I'll take you and you take me. But God made the first covenant, which is incredible. But he made a covenant with Noah that would never flood, that flood again in the whole earth. And he gave a rainbow, which is just another ring. He gave a ring to mankind. 
but he gave a covenant to Abraham that said, my blessing and my favor is going to be on you all your life. And you're going to have an inheritance, a blessing and favor on the earth because I want to bless the earth and I'm going to bless the earth through you. And Jesus was the son of Abraham. He was. And when we accepted him into our lives, we became a part of the Abraham covenant of blessing. It's just, that's just the way it is. So we are a product of the covenant of God of total love, commitment, favor, and blessing all the time. But when you make covenant with someone else, you offer that to them. Teresa and I have been covenant friends for 40 some years. Now, Ron and I obviously were married, but Teresa and I years and years ago were drawn into a friendship in the Lord that we made covenant. And I said to her, I offer myself to you. Hell or high water in your life, thick or thin, no matter what people say about you, no matter what goes on, I am there for you. Now that's what happens in the body of Christ. And she said it back, and a covenant happened, happened, happened that, that has lasted years and years and years. Well, marriages are the same way. Marriages are, I pour out myself for you, you pour out yourself for me. In a covenant of marriage, you are looking at what you can give. Marriages that don't look at what they can give anymore, but what they can get, get messed up. How many here have felt messed up with your husband or wife when you're looking at what can you give me, what can you give me? Because they never give you enough because they're not perfect. Covenant in the church is exactly the same way. Ron and I have given ourselves to you all in covenant, and you all have given back. We're not perfect. If you're looking at Ron and I as perfect leaders, forget it. If you're looking at us as perfect lovers, forget it. But I can't look at you that way either. I look for the gold in you as you give back your covenant love. Covenant stays together. Now, now, honestly, Banning Leapshire was teaching this, and he's going to be teaching it again. But they're forming a church. Bethel wasn't really forming a church. It's a movement, and they're sending people out all over the world. Although Jen, we just had read Brian and Jen's book, Brian's book, he went through hurt because people he thought were covenanted to work with him left him. Now, that happens. If you're covenant with someone and they leave you, there's a deficit that goes on there. You're going, oh, I thought we were going to do life together. And they had to forgive, and you always do. They had to forgive, and then they had to redefine and say, Lord, we're, we have covenant love with all these people, but we're in a movement, and we're going to be sending out all the time. I mean, good night. It's a school to send out. But... Banning Leapshire is starting a church down in Sacramento with, with Danny Silk, and it is a family church because family is revival, and they want to establish covenants so something will be founded there. Something has been founded here. That's why Georgian goes, something is amazing here, and I thought we've been founded. We've laid our lives down for an, 
for each other, not because we always like each other. We just forgive one another. We move in grace with one another. We learn to love more. But the question of covenant is always this. Now, first of all, God's covenant is is without question. All right. He just pours down. Believe it. But the question of covenant with people is how much can I give you? It just is. Jesus said, greater love has no man than he lay down his life for his friend. Who was the friends? They were the disciples. They were those that he, they were going to work with. And Jesus was saying, I call you friends. It's believers. It's believers you're going to walk with. Believers you walk with. This is not the outsiders. And, and what I mean by outsiders is um, they're not the ones you're trying to win. Those, you pour out your life like Jesus did. But Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to his church that's getting founded. He's talking to this foundation. And he says to them, if you want this thing to be founded, then you're going to lay down your life for your friend. So I'm going to tell you covenant love is not how much can somebody here give me. It's how much can I give you. Covenant love is those who are willing to lay down their life for their friends. And I'm not talking world friendship here. I'm talking Christ friendship. I'm talking the blood of the lamb. I'm talking covenant that makes us family. And family is revival. Everywhere I go, I hear this. Family is the foundation of revival. Revival comes from family. Okay, what about if somebody tells you how much God loves you, but they have no family, they have no friends, they have nothing that's solid, and you have no, and, and they don't have a church that they go to. What are you going to find out really about Christ? You're going to find out that it's empty. But if I say, come join our family, they'll love you. They'll pour out their life for you, which is what covenant family does. Come join our family. Come be a part of that. That's covenant love. And that's what Jesus was saying when he said, greater love has no man than he laid down his life for his friend. Covenant givers lay down their rights for love. Now, that's really good marriage, too. This is how the unity of God's family comes. Lay down your rights for love. That means forgive one another. You know, just when you think you've done everything the best you could, there's just little things that you could have done that would hurt someone. And I think that all the time. I think, oh, I'm sorry. I hope I wasn't sharp. I hope I didn't do, I hope that they saw. Or maybe I was having a bad day. Anybody ever had a bad day and your face looks like, you know, and people think, oh, they're mad at me, you know. And then they'll tell me later, I'm like, I wasn't thinking about you. I was thinking about myself. Sorry. (laughs) Please forgive me. Covenant love just carries grace and friendship and and um, forgiveness with it all the time all the time 
You cannot have covenant love and not have forgiveness. Anybody here married? You cannot have covenant love and not have forgiveness. And happy marriages are those who choose to lay down their life for the other one. All family and foundation for the Holy Spirit to re- all family and foundation for the Holy Spirit to reside is what the covenant love, the family of God is. Transient people can never come into this place because it costs them themselves. Transient people are always out searching and not giving. I'm not telling you don't dream dreams. But God is going, it costs something. It costs something to have a long marriage. It costs something to have long relationships. It costs something. It doesn't cost much to say, see y'all. See y'all. I, wanna, I want something bigger than you all. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to find anything bigger than the love of God and the people of God ever. If you don't want covenant, first with Jesus, you'll never really know how to lay down your life for others. And I want to read about Jesus because, you know, Jesus is gentle, but he says things that you're like, in our covenant with Jesus, his heart and his heart and mind become ours. He owns us. I have the a mind of Christ, okay, I say that, and I have the heart of Christ, and we respond to him in love. So I'm full of Jesus. I have covenant with him. And then he brings me into covenant with his friends. These are my friends. These are my friends. Lay your life down for him. So I was reading this this morning. I'm like, Jesus, you're amazing. <laughs> so he's been invited. This is um, Luke 14. And he's been invited. This is the voice Bible, by the way, um, to this banquet. And uh, he sits down at the banquet and begins to talk to him. When you host a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they might invite you to a party of their own, and you'll be repaid for your kindness. Instead, invite the poor, the amputees, the cripples, the blind. And I want to tell you what I felt the Lord was saying that with that. When you invite someone into a relationship of love with you. Don't look for perfection. He's going to say, I want you to love the poor, the amputees, the cripples, and the blind. And you may be one of them too. But you love each other. Then you'll be blessed because they can't repay you. Because you just poured out. And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to thank me for all the people. And you guys can think about this in your own life. That you've poured out your life and given hours and years to people. Anybody here done that? And they didn't repay you. They turned on you. Anybody ever had that? Okay, we all have. The Lord said, it doesn't matter. Your reward will be with me in heaven. But you be grateful that you got to pour out. You're in covenant. Be grateful for your covenant. You get to. You get to give. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. That's eating bread. That's real bread. A man once hosted a huge banquet and invited many guests. Then the time came. When he sent his servants to tell the guests who had agreed to come 
we're ready, come on now. But then every single guest began to make excuses, and one said, oh, I'm sorry, I just bought some land, and I need to go see it. Please excuse me. And another said, so sorry, I brought five pairs of oxen. I need to go check them out. Please excuse me. And another said, I just got married, and so I can't come because I'm really busy pursuing my own life. And Jesus said, the servant returned and reported their responses to the master, and his master was angry. And I said, Lord, are you angry? Is that what's going on? And he told the servant, and he says, I'm angry because they're being shut out of the kingdom because they're so busy with everything else that they're missing me. They're missing my covenant. I'm telling you, if everything else in the world's more important than being together and worshiping, you're missing covenant. You're missing him. He wasn't angry at the person. He was, miss- he was angry at what they were missing because this is what they missed in the end. It says, go out quickly into the streets and alleys and round, at round town, and that's what he's going to do. Bring the poor, the amputees, the blind, and the crippled, the needy, the ones who know how much they need me. The ones who find out, I need you, and I've got to be with you, and I need to be with my brothers and sisters, and I need to be in this family. I do. I do. I know I'm whole, but I need it. Go out and get them. And he said, one thing is for sure until my house is completely full. So he's going to have a full house. One thing is for sure, not a single person on the original guest list shall enjoy this banquet. I can tell you the greatest heartache I have ever had is watching people who are moving in the things of God. They're flowing in the prophetic. They're singing songs. They're doing all these things. And the next thing I know, I watch them and they get busy. And then they're busy. And then they're busy. And I don't see them. And I don't see them. And I don't see them. Now, you tell me, with covenant, how good your marriage would be. After a while, how good would your marriage be if your husband or your wife got so busy with other things that they never saw you anymore or saw you on the fly? It takes communication to have a good marriage, by the way. And it takes being together. And we are not together that much, except I do feel we're family. It takes us being together. It takes us seeing each other's faces. It takes it. And I'm not promoting church going. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about God's covenant with us. Okay, another one. Great crowds. And this is so cool. He's talking about all this, and he's making them mad and stuff. But great crowds continue to join him on his journey, and he turned to them. And he said, if any of you come to me, now he's talking about covenant right now, without hating your own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, and yes, even your own life, you can't be my disciple. I want to tell you what he was really saying. He is everything. You guys, this is a church where we're saying, he's everything. He's everything. I'm not telling you he didn't have good hopes and dreams for you, but he's everything. And if anything comes in between you and him, anything, you're not going to follow him. If you get resentment because somebody did something to you, you're not going to follow him. That's what Brian Johnson's book's about. He began to let other things creep in because he was angry at his brothers and sisters for things they did. Anybody ever been there? All of us. It's just life. Because we're human. But Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, then I'm everything. 
If you're going to come after me, then I'm everything. You know, Ron and I walked through a lot of seasons, and the season of raising children went so quick. I'm just going, you guys, enjoy it. Enjoy those little ones hanging on you. Enjoy having to go to the nursery. Enjoy it. It's short. It is short. And I had them for 20, 40 years. I mean, I I homeschooled for 30-some years, so I had a lot of them. I had a lot of situations, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, it's been gone for a long time now. And then I thought I would, you know, might lose Ron last year. And I just came to my identity. Now listen to this. My identity. My identity is not whether people like me, not whether my kids like me, not whether anyone else around me wants me. My identity is in the one I love, period. Period. You guys, it still will come back to this. We may have an evangelistic explosion, but if we don't come back to the covenant love, you are the main thing, and we love you. He said, if you don't carry your own cross as if, I love this one, as if to your own execution, Now, I'm going to tell you, he cares about our hopes and dreams. He wants to favor us. He wants to bless us. He wants all that. And that is his heart because it's our covenant. It will never change. Never, ever change. But your heart needs to be, I'm entering into my own execution when I follow you. I'm entering into, I lay it all down. And I'm going to do what you ask me to do. You guys, we're only here a short time. Don't you want to know you did what he asked you to do? What if he called you to live in Owen County? And I know people haven't wanted to. And you got grateful for it. And you got grateful for what he called you to. What if you started thanking God for your job? What if you started thanking God for the things that he gave you? That's your own execution. It's your own execution. I'm going to celebrate my execution. You know, my execution needed to come with all these kinds of prayers that I wanted to see answered, and they didn't get answered the way I wanted them to. I still got prodigals and situations that my heart breaks over, and their whole families are a mess. And I'm going, I don't care. That's my execution. I choose you, and I'm going to be full of life and joy. Just imagine that you want to build a tower. Wouldn't you sit down and, and count the cost first? I'm telling you the cost right now. It's everything. And what if, what, if a, uh, what if you got started and you couldn't finish? That just makes me sick. You're going to finish. All of you are going to finish well. You children are going to finish well. But realize there's a cost. It, there really is a cost. Jesus wasn't being harsh. He was just talking. He was talking to all of Israel. And he said, this is the way it is. Or imagine a king gearing up to go to war, which is our lives. And he has to sit down and figure out the cost of the battle he's going to go in. When you choose to follow Jesus, you lay everything else down. That's the battle. And you continue to say, I will pay the cost of that battle because I'm going to win. And I'm going to say on that day, ain't no grave going to keep my body down, but ain't no grave going to say to me that I did not give it all to him.
Nobody. A sign, Jesus said, that you're giving it all to him is covenant love. It's laying down your life for your friends. You know, when we were praying for Lonnie today, it wasn't just um, surface. I watched people with tears in their eyes. We care. We do. We're not perfect, and we can fail and fall, but we can also rise up and win every time. I believe we're in that hour. Don't be like salt that's lost its taste. How can saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is absolutely worthless. I don't care if you're the best evangelist in the whole world if you've lost your if you've lost your covenant love. We're in covenant with each other, but most of all we're in covenant with him. If you'd known the cost when you started out, everybody here, if you'd known the cost, would you still be in covenant today? All my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. I really, really believe that God is also calling us into seriousness of what are we giving our lives to. I do. It will never, ever, you can't be asking other people and sharing with other people about Jesus when you're not living the life. You guys, let's be real. I think we are. I do. I told you I'm preaching to the choir. I just wanted to share it because I've been having it in my school again. And I'm going, well, we haven't talked about this in a while. But, you know, Jesus wasn't being harsh. I really don't believe he was even angry when they didn't come to the banquet. I believe he was upset because he was like, don't you know what I have for you? Do you really think what the world has to offer can compare? What the world has to offer is transient. You may have your time in the sun. Well, have you ever seen a star? They're up and they're down. You know, you know what's so funny of me? <laughs> and some of you aren't going to remember it, but <laughs> those old, those Joe Namath commercials that they have on. <laughs> have you, anybody seen those Joe Namath commercials? Does anybody know who Joe Namath is? <laughs> well, um, I think it's on Hallmark Channel. I don't know. But he's always trying to sell insurance to sold people. And I'm looking, looking at him and thinking, nobody even hardly knows your name anymore. Your star has fallen. What did you give your life to? And I'm not saying football's not great. Go for it. I'm not saying that all the things you want to do, go for it. Be, excel at it. Be the best. I'm serious. But don't do it without the foundation of laying your life down in covenant love. Does that make sense? We, he wants us these powerful people who do great things. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. All of your promises are yes and amen. But he also wants us in this covenant love laying down our lives First of all, for our friend, our father.
Anyway, that's it. That's it. That was a <laughs> okay, so let's do a real covenant thing because I love to. Anyway, you know I do. Let's let everybody take hands. Stand up. Connect all the way across. So people are going to have to move so everybody can have a hand. Everybody has to have a hand. Everybody has to have a hand. Anybody want to pray a really cool covenant prayer? <laughs> you think I'm at? <laughs> Are you in covenant right now? Okay, you do. <laughs> Father, I want to thank you for this amazing, amazing, beautiful ring of people. Your covenant. And Lord, I declare the power of God on your covenant. I declare the power, Lord, to move forward and to love you more. Father, things have been tough, but God, we just say more love, more love, more love, more love, more love. And Lord, great joy in this season. Thank you, Father, for friends and covenant. Amen. Now you got to hug somebody. You could give them a brotherly kiss, but, but our church doesn't like to do that. So, okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this message.